Welcome to Grow Your Influence, leadership conversations for business owners and managers. Whether you own a business and have a team, or leadership is part of your role, welcome, you're exactly where you need to be. Join co-hosts Juliet Robinson and Christy Lee Billet for their regular conversations on all things leadership. No corporate jargon, no textbook ideologies, just real life experience unpacked in a relaxed way to help you be your best boss and lead your team with confidence, clarity, and control. This is Grow Your Influence. Let's dive in. Hey there, welcome back to the summer series of the Grow Your Influence Podcast. And today we're back with part two of Juliet's conversation with Kirsten Ferguson. So if you haven't listened to our last episode, you might want to duck back and have a listen to that because this was that was part one of this particular conversation. So Juliet has been having a conversation with Kirsten Ferguson. Now, Kirsten is one of the world's most recognized leadership experts, and she's recently published her second book, head and heart and it was this particular book that Juliet was having a conversation with Kirsten on. So in last week's episode they looked at leading with your head which I guess is a little more familiar for most of us leaders and today's part of the conversation focuses focuses on leading with your heart. I personally am very excited to listen to the rest of this conversation so without further ado let's dive into part two of Juliet's conversation with Kirsten Ferguson. Okay, let's talk about the heart. Now, there's, <laughs> yeah. sorry, yep. go. No, no, you go. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say excited. <laughs> yeah, there's four elements you've identified here, which are humility, self-awareness, courage, and empathy. If we start with humility. Yeah. So the head-based ones, I think, will have made a lot of sense to people. There's, I yes. generally find everyone's like, yeah, yeah, of course, that makes sense. And as I said, it's what we've been sort of really encouraged to learn. The heart is just as important, these four, but they're much harder to, you know, package up and put in a policy and yes. uh, look at and measure. And they're, they're much more difficult in that sense, but they're equally as important. And I do believe that everyone has these attributes, but as I said earlier, whether or not they're encouraged to bring them to necessarily to work is a different mm. situation. So humility is one of my favourites. And in this sense, I'm talking about intellectual humility. And that means that we understand we just don't know everything. You know, we're willing to seek out the contributions of others because we know we are limited in what we understand. We know some things are beyond our control. Um, we're really grateful for new ideas and we're just we don't see not having the answer as a weakness or a relationship destroyer, but in fact, it's a relationship enhancer. And it takes courage to be humble. Mm. Um, it's not an easy thing. And it's not something that's necessarily encouraged in all organisations, but it is incredibly important. And I think all of us know leaders who are genuinely humble the challenge with humility is it's very hard to self-assess. Yes. And um, in my scale, I mentioned wisdom was number eight. Humility for me is number one, which I was initially like, oh, I'm okay with that. But in fact, we can't really self-assess ourselves. And uh, there was a study where something like 73% of people who said they were uh, humble their own people they led didn't necessarily agree. So yes. it's one of those really paradoxical concepts <laughs> that 
you can't really go around going, yeah, I'm really humble. You know, yeah, just, no, just, I agree. just ask me. Yeah. But it's a, such an important one. And it's almost the moment you think you are humble, you've lost You're probably it. not. Yeah. Uh, exactly. But yeah. I think we all know humility when we see it in mm. others. Mm. Um, we we know false humility when we see it. And it's a concept around intellectual humility that I think that's where for me it it's it resonates because I do genuinely believe I just, I don't know. I don't know all the answers on anything and, and we still need to learn. And there's so many people who know more and that's all that sort of idea of, of intellectual humility. I found this one really interesting because when I ran a business uh, many years ago, I feel like I was able to be humble and with my teams. And I, I felt all of those things, you know, I could be open about, mistakes about lessons I was learning Um, I was very open to new ideas and how we could build the business and all of those sorts of things and then I went into consulting you know after a period of time and I feel like I lost all of that I felt like it wasn't safe you know in retrospect I didn't feel this at the time but obviously I took it on board that it really wasn't safe to be open about Mm. mistakes or to ask questions even isn't that interesting Yeah. yeah Yeah, and it's only I've only come back to it more recently through, I think, you know, focusing on leadership and focusing on how people lead. Yeah, I think you do need a huge amount of confidence to be humble, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, because I, like, I find with my work, I am confident that I, I do know a yeah. lot enough to be able to write a book on it but there's naturally there's no humility in being someone who's prepared to go and write a book like so just the nature (laughs) of humility and saying hi my name is Kirsten Ferguson I want you to spend 30 bucks and buy what I think that's not particularly humble so there is all these dichotomies I think when it comes Mm. to humility and it fascinates me because I do think it's um, a quality that we desperately need, particularly as we think about AI and technology and being humble around as humans, you know, what what that's going to bring and how we're going to handle all of that. So it's... um, it's a hard one. So I'm going to be humble in my answer and go, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know it's incredibly important. I think also when I look at the writing a book thing, I think, you know, you talk about humility, an aspect of it is seeing leadership as service mm. and shining a light on others. And I think your book does both of those things. I think it is a service in a sense to leaders and you're showcasing, as you said, a range of different leaders in the book which I think shines a light on them. You're not saying, look at me, look at me. It's much more about the other. Well, I'll take that. <laughs> That's very kind of you. Um, I don't know what the answer is. But, it, yeah. yeah, I think all of us struggle with it because, you know, yeah. we want to be proud of what we do. What doesn't matter whether you're a consultant or whether you're mm. farming or whatever, you want to be yeah. able to share what it is you achieve. But most of us are very nervous about how we do that and that's that social humility I think yes 
Where I feel safer is talking about intellectual humility, which is really not knowing the answers to things. I think the um, awkwardness you feel, as you mentioned, when you had been consulting, not feeling safe, is that's that it's more a social humility with a client or someone. How do you possibly um, create a dynamic where they're thinking, oh, we've just paid this person and they don't know what they're doing. I know that's not the truth. Yeah. But that's probably what it's tapping into as opposed to, you know, how you solve a problem and doing that together. Yes. Yeah, no, I think there's definitely an element of that. Let's talk about self-awareness. Yeah, like this is a threshold (laughs) one really because unless you're self-aware, none of this matters. And this is really, you know, having an insight into our character, our abilities, our limitations and being aware of the impact we're having on those around us and being able and willing to change what's not quite working. And that requires a huge amount of feedback from other people because we're pretty hopeless at uh, judging, you know, mm-hmm. and the impact that we're having on others. And I think it's uh, there's a great um, piece of research from a, a professor called Tasha Urich and 95% of us think we're self-aware, but only 10 to 15% of those we lead agree. I now, loved that. I'd, how yeah. terrifying, though. Yes. So <laughs> everyone listening, you would say, yes. yeah, I'm, so, I'm self-aware, but pretty much <laughs> yes. no one you work with would agree, um, which is why feedback is so important and being open to asking for it, to giving it, to hearing it, to not necessarily taking it on board, but really being open to what you're hearing, being curious about that, mm-hmm. being open to understanding your triggers, uh, avoiding, you know, what Daniel Goleman's called an amygdala hijack. I think everyone yes. would remember Will Smith going up on stage at the Oscars last year and slapping Chris Rock. He had the classic amygdala hijack. Mm. Fortunately for us, we don't tend to do it in front of hundreds of millions of people. (laughs) But we do have those moments where, you know, your neck gets hot, your heart races and you might fly off an email that you later regret. They're the things we need to really be self-aware about. I really love the quarterly self-assessment you talk about in there, the four L's. Yes. Yeah, that was Dominic. Long for loathe and learn. That was uh, from Dominic Price from Atlassian, and it's a great. It's a great sort of check in for how you're traveling, and and um, I think he's added a fifth. He told me recently about learning. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there's there's a fifth one. I'll have to update. Okay, but there's a new edition of the book right there. I think. There you go. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, but I love that idea that. Every quarter, so it's not it's not onerous, but that we sit down and we just think about these things for ourselves, you know. And this idea that you think about what do I long for, what do I love, yeah. you know, they're really um, important questions. It is, and I'm always amazed when I'm coaching someone or working with someone, and I'll ask them, you know, when you're laying in bed at night, what is it that you imagine you'd love to be doing? And very few actually can articulate it you might have a sense yes but I think it's just as important when you're doing a task like that to get quite detailed yes and I know I've I've never thought to do it as Dom does you know which is quarterly and he's very you know he's got his matrix and all of that but I will definitely think in detail about 
you know, what is it that I need to do differently going forward? Mm. What is it I want my life to look like? What am I going to stop doing, start doing, all of that sort of thing? And it's incredible once you actually articulate it, you then end up making conscious and unconscious choices that end up heading you in that direction. I think that's so true. And if you know you're going to be asking yourself the same question down the track, then it's sort of in the back of your mind every now and again when you're doing things or thinking about them. Always. And then turn 50 and you then got your whole life question. What am I doing? (laughs) That's young, honestly. I've been there. (laughs) Yes, but, yes, we do. We have these big life questions at big landmarks, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So that brings us to courage because I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, and this is really, um, you know, one that, Someone said, well, of course you should have courage in there. That's the most obvious one. And I, initially I remember thinking, oh, well, I don't know, but I think they're probably right <laughs> because this is all about having that courage to speak up for what you believe in and being able to make decisions that we know are the right thing to do, even in the face of pressure from others not to do so. Mm-hmm. But it requires us to create cultures where we can speak up and where others yeah. can feel safe to speak up as well, and that's easier said than done. And so this is all about that concept of psychological safety from Amy Edmondson, who I had the great pleasure of spending some time with a few weeks ago. Mm. And she was talking about, you know, the next phase. It's We've done really well at creating organisations where it's safe to speak up. But the next thing is, is it safe when I speak up? And yes. for many, actually, down the track, it, it's perhaps not. And that is where the rubber hits the road around courage and whether we as leaders are really role modeling courage. I think it's important to note, though, that when I talk about courage here, it's not those massive acts of whistleblowers and things like no. that. Yes, It's everyday acts of courage. So it could be taking on a promotion you don't feel ready for. It might be giving feedback, receiving feedback, calling out someone's behavior. It's, yeah. it's those kinds of things that happen every day. That, that I think make or break people's days. Oh, absolutely. Or that sit with you because 85% of us have stayed silent at a matter that we know is important. And so all of us would think of those situations where something has happened and we've let it slide because it's too difficult to speak up about. And those sit in our stomachs, our values, you know, yeah. they they eat away at you. Absolutely. And I think that's where cultures are formed and um, that sense of not feeling able to speak up is um, one that sticks with you for a long time. As part of this, I love that you talked about the courage to ask, to, to look for bad news, yeah. to not just sniff look out, the good news. Sniff out the, the shit, I think I called it, because... <laughs> Pip Marlowe, who was the former MD of Salesforce, I'd interviewed her about that. But, yeah, we because we know as leaders, particularly the more senior we become, you know, good news travels faster and we really actively need to go and find what's not working, mm. not with a sense of a, a accusation or blame or whatever, mm. but more just to understand, well, what are the things I'm not seeing? What am yeah. I not aware of? How... You know, what are the questions people are too scared to ask? Um, yeah. That And that takes some courage. Well, it does because who knows what you're going to find. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the reality is it's happening, so you may as well yes, know. exactly. I think also in here I, I see people who talk about 
um, the, the fear of speaking up in these sorts of having this courage because of, you know, the threat these days of being cancelled or of being trolled on social media or whatever. And I think that makes it more difficult. Um, yeah, I think, though, I think- you tend to not get cancelled if you're calling out bad behaviour on the part of someone else. That's so, true. Yeah. Um, I think if you stay safe with your values and, and your beliefs, I mean, there's definitely some issues, particularly at the moment, where very hard to not upset someone if you were to it speak is. out. Yes. Um, yeah. And so they're ones where, you know, having the courage to take a position can be really challenging. Mm. But in most situations, um, I think there's, you know, those where we can speak up and hopefully not be cancelled. Depends what your views yeah, are. No, no, I, I think there definitely are and there are ways we can do it. Exactly. can mitigate some of that. Yeah. The last element I want to talk about is empathy. Yes, and this is always so misunderstood because it's not pity or sympathy Mm. or compassion. And in this um, context, I'm really talking uh, about, you know, being able to put yourself in the shoes of someone quite different to yourself and try to comprehend their feelings and motivations and what's important to them without taking those feelings on yourself. And so, it's really about leaders being willing and authentically and respectfully just really listening and engaging with diverse points of view. And I think also recognising that not everyone has the same lived experience as you. Now, that seems so obvious, but for many leaders, they do not realise that, in fact, they live in a bubble and that most of the people that either buy their products or work in their organisation are not living in the same bubble as them. And Absolutely. you have to be able to accept that to say, okay, well, given I'm, you know, I'm 1% of the population, I really need to explore what the other 99% think. I was interested to read, the, you wrote that when we, we become more powerful, we actually lose empathy. Yeah, there's plenty I'm of research. i by that, I have to say too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we also lose humility and it's because um, the more powerful we are, it's our worldview changes, the group of people around us who tell us we're great changes. We've just got this um, lack of external motivation to really need to think about empathy and um, I think that's part of being self-aware, that that's a risk that happens to all of us so we need to consciously make those uh, choices and you can practice empathy it's like a muscle I uh, I volunteered at Lifeline for a number of years and so being on the phones and doing shifts there you are spending the entire time in a place of empathy and questions and not in curiosity really Mm -hmm. and no judgment and so I'd come off those shifts and the skills you learn in that context is incredibly helpful in your normal life as well because you're you're really training that empathy muscle i'm sure i think yes i mean all of these if uh, i suspect we can strengthen if we focus on them if we're really conscious of them the challenge i think so often is that we're not really conscious particularly the heart elements we're not so conscious of them we take them for granted yeah so we tend not to develop them 
And we don't tend to hire and fire and promote based on these um, attributes. And I think, you know, until we start doing that and we have KPIs on being able to, you know, lead effectively with courage and empathy, it's hard to motivate people. But yet we know that when leadership goes wrong and we have reputational damage and big companies, you know, all over the papers, it's generally because a leader has done really poorly in this particular part of their leadership. And so it just strikes me as something that we really need to be focusing on the whole leader. We want them to be capable. We want them to be curious. They have to be able to read the room, their industry. But yet at the same time, they also need to be self-aware. They need to be full of empathy and courage. We need all of these. Yeah. And I think when we look back at leaders from the past, it's such a different model now. Yes. The demands now, the things that people are pulling through in a sense, pulling through the system is this way of leading that incorporates the head and the heart, Yeah, which I think there was just no expectation in the past that there would be any heart to this. If you got it, that was just lucky and so many didn't. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think as time goes on, we'll continue to see more and more expectation that, you know, we have humans leading us, not robots. Yes. Um, they AI will take over the parts of um, roles that we or that can't be replaced. And I think yep. never has it been more important that we have leaders who lead with heart, head and heart, and put people at the centre of their decision-making. And um, I think that's the kind of leader we're really going to need to partner with technology in the future. I agree. And I'm really heartened to see a generation coming through who I think are more open to this because they're having conversations from very early years in school about some of these elements. Yeah, and in fact I've been and spoken to schools, you know, so the year 11 and 12 students and getting them to understand that leadership isn't like the models they read about in the history books of titans of industry and explorers and heads of state and kings and queens, but in fact leaders are everywhere, including them. They're leading their siblings, they're leading within the school environment Um, and it's not all about, you know, scores and exams, but it's how you're treating people as well. Absolutely. Look, Kirsten, thank you so much. Can you give us um, quickly just the uh, the link that we yes. where, where they everybody can do that self assessment? Yes, if you just visit headheartleader.com. Brilliant. All the information will be there, and the, all the information on the book is there as well. But you'll get a free scale and personalised to your results, and it'll compare you with about a thousand other leaders. And I've done it and I can tell you it's a, it's a really interesting thing to do and it's it's valuable when you look at it. Again, when we talk about self-awareness, it's just another element we can put into that to help us understand ourselves and articulate what's going on for us and where our challenges might be as well. Mm. There were some questions there when I oh, oh, I'm not sure I like the question. <laughs> There's only 24 <laughs> questions, so you don't yes. need to worry. It doesn't take very long at all. No, it's very simple. Um, yeah. Look, thank you so much. I love your book. I think it is fantastic, and I'm not surprised it's winning awards. I hope it's a bestseller for many years to come, um, and, and we will certainly need to talk when you do the next edition. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm about to start on book number three, so I'll be back uh, Oh, excellent. <laughs> oh, I look forward to it. Thank you Great. so much for your insights, Kirsten. I really thank, appreciate it. Thanks so much, Julia. Yeah. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating, comment and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to recommend us to a friend. We also love hearing suggestions for topics or guest speakers that you would love to hear from. The best way to reach us to give us those suggestions is over on our Facebook page. Simply head to Facebook and search Grow Your Influence. See you there.